Welcome to the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom, Community Manager for Sheffield Digital, and I'm joined by directors Mel Kanarek and Chris Diamond, as always. Our guest this episode is Mark Goddard from Paper, who is with us today to talk about the way that they work, their recent and unique job adverts, and Leg Up Social, an event they run that pairs small businesses, charities, and social enterprises with digital mentors. You can subscribe to the Sheffield Digital Podcast via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you use. For more information, head to sheffield.digital slash podcast. Welcome, everybody. Hiya. Hello. And um, and thanks for joining us, Mark. We're going to go straight into our grilling of you. It no <laughs> it'll be a gentle grilling. I've not got a posh radio voice like you, though. Mine's not quite... That's uh, quite so not good. to lift you. No. I think it's appropriate for a Sheffield podcast, but yeah, I don't. I don't think I can talk that well. Sorry, uh, it's. I think it's kind of you to say so. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, and your voice sounds just lovely. Why, let's use it. Um, <laughs> well, I'd love to know. I purposely in the intro didn't uh, say who, uh, what paper is, and uh, and what paper do. Uh, because I think it's quite tricky to describe. So I'd like, I think I'll let you do that mm. yourself. So that's, a, that's on the assumption that I know how to describe <laughs> it as well. Um, it's, it's still an experiment paper. Like we're still trying to define what it is and what it, what it offers as a service. Um, we call ourselves a, a user research and design studio because that's the specialism we chose to, chose to do. Um, way back right at the beginning in, Whenever it were January of 2016 or whatever it were, we were trying to think what we wanted to do. Um, we said what we what we want to try and not do is spill out into something that isn't our specialism. So um, I'm going to answer a question that you've proposed on the on the sheet. Is that all right? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Um, so when when you you were going to ask me how did paper come together because that's what it says in front of me. But I, I know um, I slightly tricked you with a question that wasn't on the list. Yeah, first, didn't I? a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's like that. Yeah, ten, tends to be. But um, yeah, so I worked with um, with John and Cam at an agency in Sheffield um, a few years back. Um, I was freelancing at the time, and um, and Cam invited me in to do some work um, for that particular agency. Uh, so p- paper is is you, Cam, and John, isn't it at the moment? Yeah, so, so the, three th- the three of us. Yeah, I mean, we work with a few freelancers at the minute, and we're uh, we're trying to um, trying to hire soon, which is quite exciting. But I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, so we, we basically ran this ran this project, and it, maybe it's how a lot of agencies start. Um, I don't know. I've not got that experience, but um, we ran that project in a in a different way to how that agency would have ordinarily run it. So. Um, when I talked about winning that work because it was a it was a tender opportunity, um, I said let's not focus on on ticking the boxes. I mean we need to focus on that as well, but let's focus on um, the experience and focus on you know what somebody's trying to do in that situation. So it was for an airport. I think everybody that knows us quite well know what knows what airport it is. Um, I'm not going to um, talk about it too much, but. Um, we focused on somebody's journey through the airport rather than focusing on what we were going to deliver. So a website or, um, or whatever, whatever it is. We focused on somebody trying to get through in that experience of, um, the nervousness of maybe going on holiday or, or traveling to an airport and all the things you think about getting through security and, and all the problems that entailed maybe even parking up beforehand and, 
um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way. And it's, it's a nervous experience all the way until you're actually on the flight and you're off on somewhere. It gets worse when you've got children. So that experience was concentrating on how they managed to get the children to the airport and whatnot. Um, and that's what ultimately won that work. And, and then about six months later, John and Cam said, um, can we have a chat? And they said they wanted to, to do more of that kind of work and would I be interested in, in setting up with, with those two to actually then try and deliver more work like that. So that's, that's sort of where it came from in a, in a nutshell. There's some steps in between though. How do you go from, from that to being a company of three people? Uh, from, from what? Sorry, from the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, there's a, a question. Risk, Feel free to, I mean, you guys can join in with that as well. It's something that I've thought about myself mm-hmm. uh, a number of times. Like, how do you go from being, from an idea to a company with enough income that you are, <laughs> that you've, you know, that you are a company? It's quite a big leap for, you know. The hardest thing was to narrow down because I think human behavior is when you, when you're thinking of ideas, you go extremely broad and then you'd look at it all and go, right, okay, what, what actually we're going to do here? So I, I've tried to focus on to, to starting narrow and starting specialist because that's, it's easier to differentiate then. It's easier to think, okay, well, I'm not going to do all that stuff. Mm. I'm not, I'm not affected by, um, development, for example, in the, in the web world. Um, instead we're going to focus on, on, on this bit. I mean, that, that were obvious to me because that's what I did as a specialism. You know, I was, I was a UX designer and I, I traveled all across, across the country sometimes, um, helping, helping, you know, helping other companies do that. Um, so it sort of made sense to me. It made less sense to Cam and John, but I think they, they were really excited by, by the idea and then we worked together to try and formulate what that might be and what the business might look like um probably quite a lot different to what it is today but that's the nature of of iterating a business and and trying to work on something iterating anything actually you know when you've got an original idea you've always got to iterate and it ends up changing into something completely different but it's probably still got that original heart Mm -hmm. it's out at the beginning yeah i mean in, in my experience when you start things up quite often depending on what your runway is, you know, how much, how much, how, how much funds you've got, how long you can sustain yourselves and pay yourselves and do work and do the business development and put all the hours in. Um, you, you, you get kind of, you, you have to take on whatever work that comes your way, you know, in, in the beginning. Um, and sometimes that can be a positive thing in that it exposes you to things that really shape the future of the, of the business. Um, or it can be a really distracting thing and things can kind of, they get too confusing and you're just servicing work and you don't really know how much to charge for it and everything falls apart and the people that started it don't really want to do that kind of thing. And that's not what they were in it for. That's definitely true. So these these apply that directly to us. You know, we, we, we said we were going to be user research and design. Um, we thought we're going to struggle to sell. I, the idea of research and about understanding your users and we'll be able to do more design work. It's been completely opposite. You know, we've not done much design work at all in the first um, 18 months or whatever it is that we've, that we've been open now. Um, quite a lot of it's been, you know, understanding propositions and understanding who people's users are and, mm-hmm. and what they're doing and, and how we can sort of help guide that Um and then less so design. So I think we're trying to think about how we can introduce that service again a bit more and how we can explain a bit better. Mm. But because we've won more work, more research-based work, research work, 
um, I think we've, we start to forget about the other things that we can do and we think, well, okay, we're really good at this and people want this and then forget about the rest. But I think, I think you're right in terms of you just, whatever work you take starts to direct you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you've got to be able to take a step back and go, is that, is that right for the business? You know, we're going to, I'm going to trip over at some point. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you're quite interested. I mean, I, I spoke to Cam quite a bit when he was thinking about said, you know, setting it up. Um, and what did, you know, what he wanted to do. And a lot of it was about confidence and, and, you know, whether there's a market there, whether there are people there that want what you do. Um, and you can't tell until you actually do it. So Mm. it seems to me from the outside as if you're finding your market. There's a lot of, there's a lot of organizations that I talk to that, that don't know exactly what they want, but they know they want something. And I think that's kind of where you fit in. You're not, you're not development led. So you're not, you're not pitching for the development work. You're pitching for helping them figure out what it is that they mm. can and need to do. That becomes quite difficult though as well because it usually comes as a package. Um, so every, every opportunity or, you know, 90% of the opportunities we see are for both, both sides of it. Um, and then for us to go, well, we don't do that, but this is why it's a positive. It's still really difficult for people because mm. they just want, they just want to go, right. Okay. Well, you just deal with it and throw it over the fence and they make it somebody else's responsibility and somebody else's problem. Whereas then we, we go, well, no, 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 you can't do that. It's your responsibility as well. It's a shared responsibility. We need to work on it together. And then people kind of go, I haven't got time for that. Right. But we, we, that's why we're trying so you, to work you, our process you, you into haven't, it. You haven't taken on responsibility for managing the full project yet. So uh, you don't subcontract to, develop, to a development company and manage that process and provide one interface to the client. Which we're, we're sort of experimenting with that at the minute. Yeah. So the idea of, of partners is, is still quite new to us. Um, but it's sometimes it's needed, sometimes it's not. So, I mean, at the minute we are, we are trying to find more, um, partners that can help us deliver work. Um, but it, it depends on, on the context. So, um, sometimes, um, it can be a shared responsibility between us and a development partner. Um, sometimes, and this is what we're less comfortable with, we have to be responsible for the entire thing, which is a project we're working on at the minute. But that's just contractually. It's the only way we could do it. We couldn't do it as a, a consortium or as a, as a true partnership. So we're ultimately on on paper. We're ultimately responsible for it. Um, so we're sort of already testing our original idea of specialism mm-hmm. by by actually delivering delivering something. So that's going to be our first experiment. Um, whether it goes well or not, I don't know. I'll tell you in six months' time. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> it seems that I, I, I also I met you guys when you'd not long uh, been set up, and that yeah, you did have a a real clear sense of not just um, of uh, what it is that you did, but what what you don't do. Or mm. um, and it wasn't it wasn't particularly specific. It wasn't like well, we don't do web development ever. That's it. Game over. We just don't do it. But there's a real sense of of um, of having um, specific skills that you felt there was the need for and presumably from what you said there is there is a need for it uh is, is it this idea of making yourself different sort of, of to other agencies because you are right like most especially bigger agencies will say that they offer everything mm. so is it that idea of just being small help or is it just this idea of being specific yeah i don't think being small helps because every startup's small You'll never, you'll very, very rarely get a startup that starts with 10 or 15 people. You'll always start with a handful of people. Um, in that sense, a startup's a startup, you know, everybody starts from pretty much the same thing. I mean, the difference we had is 
we decided not to start with any like existing clients. So we decided that we were going to start from a completely clean slate for various different reasons. Um, but I think we, because again, because we specialized, I think dif- different, differentiating was a little bit easier. It wasn't easy, but was a little bit easier. But because we baked, um, we baked doing things differently into the model and it came, you know, naturally anyway. Um, I think it's different to how agencies do it or have done it in the past. So I think like full service agencies or agencies that do multiple different services, uh, maybe set up and just take on the work that they can get and just deliver and deliver and deliver and then try and work difference into the business. That's, that's not the right way to do it because it's always going to be fake. You know, it's always going to be, it's not going to be committal. Whereas we committed from the start, you know, we committed to, okay, we're going to set us, we're going to set some principles that guide the business in the future. And we're always going to refer to those principles and we're always going to be on the same page. Um, and then when we bring new people in as well, we, we, you know, bring them in on the idea mm-hmm. of those principles. And I, I think that's been, been a real positive way and it's really guided the business almost naturally in some respects. And how have you found that, uh, specifically being in Sheffield, working with partners and collaborating in, in, in the city? Uh, uh, good and bad, I suppose. Um, good because um, with the partners that we have started to work with, um, it's it's been it's been good to learn about what other people can offer and help us with, and it's it's always good to collaborate rather than you know try and work individually on your own. Um, I think we're always looking to to see other people and see what other partners can potentially offer. Um, offer us but um, I think the, the maybe bad stuff is that um, I don't know maybe there is a little bit of a lack of diversity in the in the terms of you know what people are delivering and what services they offer um, I think it's easy again to set up just a, a web design agency and not really think about what it's trying to achieve um, which is what I think we try to try to think about whether we've got it right or not still not sure yet um, mm. Or whether we have just copied what other agencies do and we've not realised it, I don't know the answer to that either. But um, I think we've, we've thought a hell of a lot about how we do things, not necessarily what we do. And I think a lot of people think about what they do and not necessarily how they do it. Mm-hmm. I think that that speaks to the the idea of being a learning organisation as well. If you specialise, um, you know, you kind of you're never done learning about your specialism. There's always new things, new approaches. You know, you can innovate in how you do things because you know you know things so well. So you can in- incrementally keep working at it. So, um, how have you found that? Has, has your practice changed in the eighteen months that you've been doing it very specifically and thinking about it? Like? Yeah, yeah, um, quite a lot, really. Um, I'm trying to think about because I. I wrote, I wrote something in the job description. I was just trying to find it then, um, earlier, but I couldn't find it quick enough. Um, let me try and have a quick look. It's on a, on the, on the job description that I've written. Put a lot of work into, into getting that job description right. Um, and getting it where we encouraged things like diversity, uh, and we encouraged, um, people who haven't necessarily got, um, a checklist of skills, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a recruiter for us had put out, um, okay, they put the job title as user researcher or interaction designer mm-hmm. or whatever. Must have, I'll oh, beat you to it. <laughs> must have a, 
must have three years experience or five years experience conducting user research. Yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. All sorts of the boring, boring stuff. Um, whereas we tried to focus on, um, the mission, um, what we're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. um, how the role is going to challenge, challenge you, um, as a potential person to work, work with us. Um, and then how somebody might affect a business. You know, it's a startup after mm. all. Yeah. It should yeah. be that if somebody's joining a startup, it's not because they want a high salary and mm. they want to, um, just crack on with work as they usually are at the minute. It's because we want them to be part of shaping, shaping that business. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this, this job advert that you're talking about is one of the things that we did want to talk about today because it is, it's, it's unique in a, and, and, and interesting. And it'd be good to, to hear more about the kind of decisions you make. Uh, you made when coming up with it. If I just, I've got the uh, Sheffield Digital Jobs Board, which you can find at sheffield.digital slash jobs. <laughs> well done, <Ian>. um, <laughs> and you know, all the typical job titles, QA engineer, graphic designer, web developer. And then yours is people we'd like to meet, which is striking. I think that's one of the things I first thought about it because I, like, I want to read that, you know, you, there's an element of not knowing what it is that makes you yeah. want to know what it is. So uh, again, like the business, it's an experiment. I, I, I like experimenting. I like trying different things. Um, I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a non-conformist, but I just, sometimes it's just, you, sometimes you can get really narrow minded, both in, both in life and business. Um, and I thought, right, we need, really need to think about how we're going to address um, things like skills shortages or um, or us not really knowing what the role is. Um, let's think about what if somebody made the role themselves, you know. Um, now you, the unconference thing springs to mind in um, an ordinary conference is somebody plans plans the conference, plans the speakers, the speakers tell you what they're going to talk about, the conference happens and everybody goes home and goes, yeah, a great conference. The idea of an unconference is that all that stuff formulates on the day. Um, and it, this is sort of a similar, similar idea that you can sort of formulate it yourself. So you can look at, look at what paper does, look at the website, try and understand some of the services that we offer and then understand, understand the description of the role. Um, but not a checklist of what the role is and then sort of formulate that idea yourself. Um, this is what we're trying to, trying to um, find earlier about, um, describing what, what paper does. Um, it was Cam that initially picked up on this sentence. I wrote it and I never even clocked that, you know, it quite explains what paper does quite well. Um, the mission is simple to state, but can be difficult to enact. We want to work with clients to help them understand their users and create better digital experiences. We work to challenge clients to do things differently. And that often means challenging ourselves to, um, to do things differently as well. So it's that last bit. Um, I think you, picking up on earlier we mm. work to challenge clients to do things differently and that often means challenging ourselves to do things differently too so as long as we've got that mindset of okay are we actually doing this right um should we think about doing this in a different way mm-hmm. um how is the p- people that we're working with reacting to this process and then adapting it adapting it to fit um i yeah. ask fundamental principle of paper an unwritten principle almost yeah. of paper because we the principles are published on the website that one specifically isn't, but so you've got change and evolution built into the whole thing, and you're and you're not you're not recruiting for people that have X Y Z experience or have done things the things before that you want to do in the future. Not necessarily now, no. I mean, we were talking about a lady before that um, that I think all four of us know um, who's doing some work for us at the minute, 
and she's not worked in this industry, but she's got uh, a background in in research and about design in a different sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if we get people that like that that apply for this role, then then it's it's done its job almost. Right. Um, whereas I don't think we'd have got some some of the people that have applied. I think we've had had quite a good response really. I've got twenty. 20 odd people apply I think great um, I think about 30% of that is um, is women that have applied which again this was designed to, to try and not be um, biased towards any, any particular gender um, which I think some of the roles that you know if you'd put user research or you'd put interaction designer I think that might have biased towards people that have already done that role mm-hmm. which might in turn mean mostly males apply so there's quite a lot of stuff designed into this this mm. job description. That, you should do it for a living. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah should do. Yeah, but like I say, it's still an experiment, so we won't know if it's worked until the person that we interview or hire yeah. you know, walks through the door. You meet the right one, the person that you recognise. Uh, speaking of experiments, um, Leg Up Social is uh, an okay. event. Are you tomorrow my link? I think you were, weren't you? <laughs> Great, you your link. Yeah, no, it went. Um, I suppose we're. Uh, Leg up social is uh, is uh, is it monthly? Not quite. No, every two months. Every couple of months um, is uh, an event that you uh, run in Sheffield, um, where you get um, uh, digital mentors uh, together with small businesses, charities, social enterprises to yep. kind of share skills and knowledge and and see what comes of it. You did this really early on, wasn't it? You couldn't mm. have been paper couldn't yeah, have been around six long months. Before. I think. We'd, yeah, we'd been going June. June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Yeah, six months. So I think we, we ran the first one in January, but we were planning it in uh, November, December um, of last year. Yeah, You've always had a 20% time yeah. in your contract. We, always, we say 20% because, that's that yeah. again, that was sort of written down on a piece of paper, but um, the, the idea is not necessarily about the 20%, yeah. but it's about... Um, enabling ourselves um, to be able to work on things that fall outside of maybe bread and butter work or general client based work, you know, because um, you could just, you know, some agencies bill out five days a week to do a job and work on a project, mm-hmm. and then six months later you lift your head up and you go, oh, "What? What? Okay, what have we achieved?" Mm-hmm. And you, what you've achieved is delivering something for for somebody else, which is great. You know, but sometimes you want to deliver something for yourself because yeah. that's when you, you, your passion sort of comes out a bit more detail. Well, it's, so. it's an interesting one. I mean, obviously, there, there's there's some big companies that do this this kind of thing, and famously, 3M and Google, of course, have twenty percent time. I think that's where the phrase really comes from. Mm. Um, so, you know, it, ring fencing time to spend innovating, thinking about new stuff, building stuff. You know, that is con- tangentially related to your work or mm. uses your skills, but in in new ways. Um, but that's usually a thing that companies do when they're when they're very confident about their business, not yeah. when they're starting. Google's out. got a lot more money than yeah, we have. Yeah, exactly. Or they have, you know, their revenue model, their, yeah. their business model is such that they can support that kind of thing. So, and, and there's quite a brave thing to do for a startup, especially an agency startup. And and, and quite often it's. It's in some way going to benefit the business. So the twenty percent of inno- innovation time, usually that's with the aim of maybe you come up with something that we can flog or yeah, absolutely. And- so some companies to try to direct it towards commercial, in, you know, uh, priorities. Whereas you know, innovation people 
mm. in my experience tend to say no you need to be free form or at least you have you need to have some of it be free form enough because you don't know where the next idea is going to come i think from. that i know what your, what your point's coming towards that like up social's free um and doesn't doesn't make us any money or anything i, I just think um, it, i think i can see how it could benefit paper and i think i know how it probably does but i don't think it's remotely as obvious as as perhaps other other uh, ways of doing it no or other types of use other ways of using you 20 percent time more yeah i think just uh, talking about um we're still i think we're still on the link of paper to leg up social um but if you want to talk about leg up social we can talk about yeah, it yeah talk about you explain um, what that is first yeah so i guess well I, I, actually i'll explain i'll explain i'll explain how uh, leg up social is a risk to paper um not leg up social specifically but um, the idea of R and D. So, if we if we come up with an event like Leg Up Social, or even we might even come up with an entirely new business, that could one day consume consume paper. You never know, or it might come to the point where we create something, and um, out of the three or potentially four of us in the future, um, want to direct all our focus onto that. Say it starts making money, for example, and starts to become more successful. You're then into the is it thirty seven signals. Mm-hmm. Model where they created Basecamp. Yeah, I think they were an agency at one point, yeah. and then they created Basecamp, and then they went right. Okay, thirty-seven signals, goodbye. Basecamp, a hundred percent. You know that's yeah, it's a big risk to, to your business. Could be another one of those agencies that's transitioned to a product company. Yeah. I mean that relies on us coming up with a good idea, yeah. <laughs> but the, the the risk is there, however small it is. But but in Leg Up Social, you're you're looking to solve other people's problems. Mm. Do you want to just explain what Leg Up Social is and how it works? Yeah. So again, right back at the very beginning, one of the principles that we we wrote was to be able to to do um, leg ups, as in a helping helping hand for for people, um, and free stuff. But um, the one and the same thing, you know, it's been able to do something that it, it helps somebody rather than um, something that is going to pay pay a day's salary or whatever. Um, and I think it was John's idea originally um, to um, run a clinic. So the idea was people were going to come to us, we were going to have an open day every month, people come in and ask us questions. Um, a little bit presumptuous that we were experts. Um, but the idea the, the idea then is we put that on the board, on a, we run an agile board at, at, at the studio where all the, all the work goes through that. Um, and it sat there for maybe two, three months while we're setting up the business. Um, then we had a bit of downtime um, and I said, I'd, I'd like to work on that. So I took that on myself to then actually start to understand if that's a thing or not. Um, quickly realized, I don't think it was really going to work because um, if you're inviting people into your, into your studio, how do you spend enough time with them? It's assuming that the three of us have got the skills to be able to, to sort of share and be able to help other people like that. And then, um, yeah, I started to, to design that and then start to understand, actually, we've got a really strong network of experts. Um, and that's built up from myself and John and Cam. Um, so I think I floated the idea out on Twitter about um, digital people mentoring um, small businesses because that was another thing that, that I noticed um, when we first started. We did a bit of work for Cavendish Cancer Care um, based in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just couldn't give them enough time um, and we didn't have necessarily all the skills to help support those those people but and there's hundreds and hundreds of charities and businesses like that in Sheffield that, that need that help and all, they don't always know what help they need 
So then something started coming together in my head where you could pair the network with with these small businesses together. Um, And that's how Leg Up Social sort of was formulated. So I I wrote first idea of how an event might run. um, And then I posted it on Twitter and said, would anybody be interested in in mentoring the future? Um, I got, I think, seven or eight responses in the first couple of days. So I'm like, okay, this is quite interesting. Um, And then all three of us then developed the the idea from there so mm-hmm. and then designed the brand I designed the brand um, a couple of my way through it but it works um, and then and then we launched it and see what happens and yeah the first event went quite well we had four mentors and four small businesses mm-hmm. um, we had a problem of diversity mm-hmm. we had four male mentors and four female small businesses um, so the first thing I focused on on fixing was that imbalance um and then I think by the third event, we'd got a 50-50 balance of right. women um, digital mentors and men digital mentors, which mm-hmm. I think for me is one of the biggest achievements of Lego Social. Now, it weren't easy, that. Mm. Um, but because we addressed it and specifically said, this is a problem, let's sort it. You know, it got sorted. How did you go about addressing it? Address. Um, various, various means. So um, we did some talks. I think we're still doing them at the minute. Um Related to women in tech, so speaking to to you know specifically women who, who are in the technology industry and encouraging them to get involved, um, post through usual channels, um, Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and whatnot, um, and just kept driving the message. So we drove the message that we had an imbalance. You know, we were transparent about it. I think quite a lot of people had, had go, "Oh, we've got an imbalance, but we'll just stay quiet about it and, mm. and hope that nobody notices." Mm-hmm. Whereas we did the opposite. Um, I was going to say you, you were you didn't do that. You were really clear about it because when I was uh, when you were talk, when I was talking to you about being a mentor, um, there was an event coming up, and you were effectively told me not this time because you needed to get uh, more diversity for that particular event. Mm. And uh, so it was it was I guess it's a case of not just saying it but actually doing it, which mm. sometimes means telling people no. It was, it was one of the best things that we did because that diversity has brought in skills that we didn't have before. So, Do you, Did you find that women were reluctant to come forward or was there a reason why they weren't coming forward or is it just because you hadn't actively gone out and approached them? I don't really know the answer to that. I had a gut feel that it was reluctance, um, but I didn't know why. Um, I don't know whether it were a confidence thing or... Um, I mean, I've been reading quite a lot recently about um, about how men take opportunities a lot easier than what maybe women take opportunities. And then because those men have taken the opportunities, I think it's maybe a vicious circle where women get less opportunities because men have already taken them. Um, I don't know the real reason to it, but um, we obviously broke that barrier down by by talking about it. So something went right there. Um, what exactly went right? I don't. I don't know. Oh, but Kurt, I would also say that you didn't wait to get told. I think that's quite a quite an important thing as well. It wasn't yeah. like you did ten ten events and then started getting people mentioning it to you and then go oh, right, can we yeah. better sort out? You, it was something we were you- really nervous about running that first event. Um, so much so that um, on the first event, we thought, I really hope that we don't get somebody having a go at us for this in the first place. So the presentation I did at the beginning. Um, you might have seen it. I put on a picture of um, Donald Trump um, when he was announcing a new um, bill on contraception or something like that. 
mm-hmm. surrounded by loads of white blokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, this isn't us. <laughs> so this is our first event. Um, we're trying to fix this. Um, but, you know, just, just make a bit of a, a joke about it and go, look, we, we are really, mm-hmm. really, is really important to us. Don't take us on this, this I, first event. I think maybe the other factor is that this, this is the kind of challenge that you're set up for almost. I think you, you know, obviously there's identifying the problem in the first place and recognizing it and wanting to do something about it, but you're the kind of design company that is, is able to experiment and figure out whether they can, whether you can solve the problem, mm-hmm. even if you don't understand it fully or don't, don't know, you know, haven't read every book about it. And, you don't have a hired psychologist to be able to get you to un- allow you to understand it. Mm-hmm. You're able to experiment and try different things and make and and um, open the problem up t- to other people to help you solve. Um, I think that's maybe also to do with what paper is as a company and mm-hmm. how it operates and how it thinks. So and what leg up leg up social is yeah. really because leg up social, the actual event is about um, pairing somebody. A lot of work goes into the pairings of somebody looking for. Um, a certain problem to be solved or a certain thing they're trying to achieve um, and then the person that can then you know deliver on that or can sort of help that so um, we interview every single person that mentors we interview every single person that um, signs up as a business and we try and define their problem before the mentor gets involved mm-hmm. um, because sometimes somebody might come to you and say um, I need a, I need a copywriter or um, or I need I need uh, somebody who can design me a logo and you go, okay, well, tell me a bit about your business. You go, oh, well, not quite worked out what, what the business is about yet, but what I do know is I need a logo. Mm-hmm. And then you go, right, okay, right, okay. Um, and then you explore that a bit more. So we do what we do at paper, you know, exploring the problem and then try and work out how you could maybe, you know, solve that problem. Um, so in one of those examples, we'd probably pair them with somebody who understands about setting up new businesses and about proposition rather than, you know, design, like design the logo, yeah. And then mm. people quickly find we've done quite well with it so far. I don't know whether we've got lucky or whether we're doing a good job, but um, we've found so far that when that conversation changes and what happens on the day, people get a lot more out of out of the session than what they ordinarily would have done. That just means we have to put in a bit more investment of time. Say, but it's time consuming then to do it. Yeah, we're trying to redesign now how that changes. So um, it's we're trying to make it community organised. And, and the mentors actually get involved in some of that organization rather than, mm. rather than us. And the only way we can do that is by making that process more transparent. Um, mm. and the stand-ups that we do, we're going to start broadcasting them mm-hmm. so that mentors can actually take part in the broadcast, see what tasks need to be do, done, see how the, the thing's developing. Um, and then hopefully take some of that work away from us because mm. otherwise it'll, it will fail one day because yeah. we just can't put it's enough time too into much it. overhead. But, um, I mean, it seems like Leg Up Social is developing into a platform where organizations in, in our field, if you like, across the city can make their 20% time or whatever their social, you know, corporate social responsibility plan is available, mm. um, to the network. I suppose is- so. I've not really thought about it in that sense. It's always been driven by individuals. Yeah. Um, but, but, but you, you have to, you know, you, as a corporate entity, you have 20% time that you're, I mean, other, there are other firms in the city that also have similar, whether it's 20% or a bit less or, you know, one day a month or whatever they have, they make their, their specialists available for, for different purposes, not mm. just business. It's quite, it's fairly common. Um, so if they, if you had a platform to 
connect them up with people that really need it. And it's not just it's not just voluntary sector, is it? It's not just charities, but it's small businesses. No, and, yeah. And well. we, had, we had the local authority as well right. at the last event, <laughs> Sheffield City Council, um, came to take part. And I, I actually mentored that one. That was the first time I'd mentored because normally I'm an organiser. Mm-hmm. And on the day, I'm running around making sure everything's sort of going to plan and helping where I need to help. But um, we had a, a mentor phoning sick, um, which was a challenge. That's another reason why we don't mentor so we're sort of like backups, <laughs> right? Um, so to speak. Um, but on that one, it worked, it worked really well because, um, the guy was trying to work through, um, I think they had loads of databases and basically they're all, they're all sat around the table talking about the databases and what can they use the data for? So they're working it the wrong way around. They're working with, we've got all this information. What can we do with it? When instead they should be starting with, let's define a challenge. And then work out if this helps us. Um, so we worked to work with him mm. through that for the hour and, um, it seemed to go really, really well. I really enjoyed it. It, it gave me, you know, it was satisfying to, to be able to do that for mm-hmm. when ordinarily you, you wouldn't like, it'd be quite difficult to get Sheffield City Council through our door. Yeah. What an amazing be, way to access that, that experience. Yeah. Because like then you, you start thinking commercially, don't you? Whereas in that scene, you're yeah. not. You're not necessarily thinking commercially. You're thinking in terms of leg up, leg up social. Yeah. So, and you th- again, you're thinking of it as an individual. We weren't thinking of it as Sheffield City Council. Yeah. Wow, Sheffield City Council coming to leg up social. It was just the person with a problem. Yeah, it was. It was that particular individual. I think I can't remember his name. I think it might have been Ian. So we're just thinking about Ian and what he needed to do to to help get him get him further forwards on it because it would sound like it were really stressing him out. <laughs> yeah. uh, just one more question for you, and we'll try and make it quick. Um, but I'm just interested, um, apart from Lagab Social, I'm, I'm aware that you guys are quite visible in the cities. You know, you go to events and you go to lots of, uh, uh, you're active on, you know, the, our Slack and that kind of thing. Um, I wondered if that was a, na- a conscious decision to do, to be kind of quite visible and put yourselves out there. Um, but also kind of that experience in the last year or 18 months, what, what you make of where we are as a, as a sector in uh, in the city, uh, I don't know whether it's a conscious thing we do to represent paper, but um, there's quite a lot of interesting things happening in Sheffield at the minute. Um, I've not had the opportunity to to go to as many as what I'd have, I'd have liked to. Um, I think Cam and John have been able to go to a few more than than myself because um, I'm not a local local Sheffielder. I live um, at Barnsley. So it's not quite easy sometimes to get to some of these events and, and for various other reasons I've not been able to get to some of them. Um, I think it's more an, an opportunity to learn rather than rather than like trying to make ourselves more visible. Um, again, I think, was it Mark Gannon you had on, on a few couple of podcasts ago? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, Chris, I'm sure Chris is really happy that's happening as well. Um, I think you're part of, part of orchestrating it, I imagine. Um, stuff like that's you know really interesting for Sheffield at the minute because I think the digital scene here has maybe been primitive for a while. Um, and it's over over the last few years that it's felt like you know it's really skyrocketing. Um, and now I think the council was probably one of the big the big ones to get involved in that um, and then to really engage in the industry. So yeah, I think it, I think it's more out of excitement um, definitely. I just wanted to find out, find out more, and how it can 
how it can potentially help us and how that knowledge can help us as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us. That was really, really interesting. And uh, good luck with both paper and leg up social. Yeah, definitely. Thanks very much. Sheffield's first annual digital conference is happening on the 15th of November. We kind of suggested that might be the case last episode, I think, and now Mm -hmm. it's official and tickets are on sale. How are ticket sales going? Gangbusters. Yeah. Well, we've had to close them off, basically. Yeah. Haven't we? But if, <laughs> just for now, well, if, if you want to come along, please, please, please put yourself on the wait list yeah. because what we need to do is make sure there's a raised hand over here. Um, we need to make sure that we've got a really good cross section of people at the conference because we've got different domains that we need to cover. Yeah. So we will be doing a little bit I, of, I think by the time this podcast goes out, it'll, you know, It'll be sold out probably, actually. But by the time true. this goes out, it'll, we'll open it up again. I forgot about the time lag. Yeah. Okay. So, right, so as we speak right now, we've, we've hit the, we've hit the buffers. Yeah. Um, and, and we're basically, we're, we're going through and making sure that all of the stakeholders have identified people that really need to be there and can be there. And so we're doing that. And then we're going to reopen the, the, the lock. And that's just made me think that we should think about broadcasting at least the, speaker stuff yeah. at the beginning yeah that's a very good point i'm going to put that on the trailer right now <laughs> this is live organization going yes. on folks you heard it here first yeah well i mean as as we've said in the publicity about it this is alpha you know this was when when we started talking in earnest with the with the council back in the summer about um you know engaging on digital development across the city uh, and across all of the all of the domains that, that are impacted by digital um, you know, we, we kind of adopted the idea that we're just going to move as fast as we can. Um, we're not going, we're not going, you know, we're not going to put things so far ahead that we lose momentum. So we're, we're just basically running at this thing. Um, and so, you know, we, we said we were going to do something beginning on mid November. And so that's what we set. And we're now, we're now trying to fill in all the gaps basically. Um, but it's, as it, as it says on the Eventbrite on the banner, it's the alpha version. So this is year one. This is, we wanted this to be an annual event. Um, you know, we want it to be uh, clearly there's demand for it. I mean, you know, we've, I think we've, uh, I mean, we, we had se- over 70 people sign up in the first, you know, 30 hours or so. Um, which is good. I mean, it shows there's an, an, oh, yeah. an appetite for oh, it. Which absolutely. Is. It's brilliant. I, I think it's a, it's a brilliant thing, you know, and I think, um, uh, you know, I think it's only only going to grow, and it, it, it's a it's a very different conference to a lot of other city tech conferences. That this one is really about what's going on in Sheffield and about who the people are in each of these areas who are responsible for or involved in or you know want to make things happen in these areas, and and it's a vehicle for bringing more people into that process and making more of what's going on visible, um, so people can see what's going on people internally or people outside the city. We were talking at Geek Breakfast this morning about about that process and people saying, you know, I've, I've wanted to get involved in things for ages, I just don't know how. And, you know, I, we're confident that there are hundreds of people like that across the city. Mm. And so we're trying to provide vehicles um, like Leg Up Social is one for people to get involved. You know, there, there is some, there, there is, there are ways for everyone to get involved in stuff. Um, and we need to just open up as many of those channels as possible. And this conference is really about the, the, the wider, um, strategy to enable that ha- to happen with the endorsement of the major institutions of the city, which I think is pretty unique, actually. 
And um, so if people want to uh, attend, then it's a case of getting on the waiting list uh, now. Um, what if people, is there, are there like speaking opportunities? What about sp- sponsorship opportunities, anything like that? Um, to be honest, we're, it, we're, um, the speakers are, are covered. I mean, we're still looking for speakers in particular areas, but we're going to identify those people and, 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 and ask them to speak. Um, so it's an afternoon, um, you know, starts at 12 o'clock, finishes at, um, before six. Um, the first part of it is a, is a, a, a plenary, um, you know, talks, um, with lightning talks in each of the seven domains, um, plus some keynotes, um, and then the second half is a, is an unconference where, um, the, uh, the, the first session, probably the way it's going to work is the first session in each of the breakout spaces. There'll be a breakout space for each of the domains. So seven breakout spaces and the first session in each of those, um, will be allocated to a challenge that's been set by the speaker speaking on behalf of that domain. Um, and then the, the other, there'll be four sessions available basically over two hours. And the other three are open for people to make suggestions. And so there'll be a, there'll be a break where people can make suggestions of, se- of sessions to run in those things. And if there's too many to go in, then, then the, the, per- the speaker for that domain will choose three, three to do the three that they feel are most appropriate. And then we'll all come together again after that, after that unconference process, um, to find out what happened and, and what was discussed and, um, and what kind of things were covered. Um, I guess one of the really important things to to mention about this is that we're we're trying to create a set of behaviours, so a common set of, of ways of sharing information, um, and um, an important part of that is Trello, using using Trello boards to represent each of the domains and uh, and get people involved in those domains to put up things that they would like to see and things that are currently going on and things that have happened in the past. Um, so there's a really easy way for people to see what things are happening in each of these areas um and so at, at the conference we want to we want to model those behaviors so each of the breakout spaces is going to have kind of a digital scribe if you like who is recording ideas and and getting you know getting people to engage with the trello boards so you know, you'll be able to, you can see the Trello boards and you can see how they're being filled in and you can see how this information is being compiled. Um, and ultimately we want people active in those areas to take, take on the responsibility of keeping those boards up to date and adding new information. We want those to be, you know, live information resources that are open, that are, you know, that are open for anyone to use and engage with across the city. Um, so this is quite an experiment of doing this, you know, can, can what we use quite you know, commonly for our projects and for information sharing be used at scale across the city to develop digital capabilities across all these different um, domains. And Ian, just coming back to your question about sponsorship, um, if there's anybody out there who would like to take on the task of live streaming the talks at the beginning and do that pro bono as a form of sponsorship, We'd be very grateful for that. Uh, it's just one less thing that we'll have to organise and find money to pay for. So um, please get in touch if you would like to help in that way. And and live streaming, not just recording the video, actually to, I, to stream yeah, it. Yeah, I think we'd like to stream it yeah, for people would. who haven't been able to attend. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, looking forward to it. Mel, we have um, a new associate sponsor of uh, Sheffield Digital. 
Yes, we do. Since the last podcast, we've been able to announce that the Sheffield College has come on board as a, an associate sponsor of Sheffield Digital. So that means we now got established relationships with both universities and the major further education provider in the city, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. Um, you can read all about it on the website, but very quickly, just to say that the college does have a digital offering, but they want to make it more aligned with the actual needs of the industry. So one of the reasons that they're partnering up with us is to be able to tap into the uh, employers in the city to find out what their skill needs are and to get their help in um, adding things to the curriculum, perhaps changing some of the qualifications that are on offer, all that kind of thing. It's very early days. I'm, I'm meeting with them shortly to start talking about how we can help them with this. But at some point, I'm going to be looking for local employers who would like to give up just a little bit of time to physically go and talk to people at the college and help them work out how to make their offer even more responsive to employer needs. So stay tuned for more on that one. And we, we're going to have Bella Abrams as the um, head of digital at the college on the show, hopefully before too long. I'm going to interview her next week. Oh, is that what's happening? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and Mel, also you again. Also me. Uh, Women in Tech Meetup at Google Digital Garage. That was uh, last week. It was, yeah. So um, this is quite interesting because Google Digital Garage organized this and um, didn't really communicate with us about it. And so we found out about it through the wonders of the Twitter. Um, so a whole bunch of us went along. It was great to see a lot of familiar faces there and also um, some women that I hadn't met before. It was kind of mixed in its focus because part of it was about women working in technology and part of it was about encouraging women to think about digital as a potential career and towards the end of the evening it started to be more about just general confidence building and those sorts of things for women which is all very valuable but I felt slightly that the meetup was a bit fuzzy in terms of what it wanted to achieve. What I was really pleased about is while I was there I had a chance to talk to quite a few people about establishing a women in tech Meet up for want of a better word, although what we want to do is be very focused on some objectives and actually getting a group of women together who want to work towards one or two specific objectives around encouraging more women into technology and supporting women in the city who are already working in technology. So I've started to put together a list of people who are definitely interested in that. And by interested, I mean prepared to do some work on this. So not just to sit around and talk, but actually to come up with some actions and take them away and do them. So if that sounds like you and you're listening and you don't have to be a woman or a person of other gender, if you're a man and want to get involved in this, then I want to hear from you as well because it's all of our problem, not just a woman's problem. Um, but get in touch with me and I hope to have a meetup organised, I'll say before the end of November in order to give myself enough time. Fantastic. Um Sky Betting and Gaming Collab is, um, it's a new program, uh, b believe it or not, from, uh, Skybet, uh, Ting and Gaming. And, um, the idea behind this is, um, well, first of all, unfortunately, the deadline will have got, been and gone by the time you listen to this, but I think it's worth knowing about anyway. Um, it's, uh, an 11 week program for, um, startups and small businesses to go and 
work with the uh, the team at um, Skybet and uh, and and to kind of uh, get their products in front of um, actual real customers. So it's a really good, uh, interesting opportunity. Um, the deadline for that has passed, but it's um, uh, we, we're hopefully going to talk to um, to uh, to the team at Skybet to get a bit more information about it, and kind of maybe we'll talk about kind of the results of that program uh, uh, in a future episode, or at least on the blog. Um, the other thing that's happening is um, there's a, a recruitment drive. Um, and on the 19th of October, which I imagine when you listen to this will be really, really soon, um, it's a Thursday. So next Thursday as we record, um, and this is going to be primarily at the, at the train station. Basically, they've got about 30 jobs uh, coming up uh, at Skybet and in gaming and um, uh, in all sorts of different roles and all sorts of different levels, actually. Um, and and they're trying to get the word out as much as possible. So there's a real sort of campaign, a real drive to try and um, get more talent into the business. So that's something to look out for. They're going to also be giving away um, free breakfast bars and free cups of coffee, free cups of coffee at the station. So um, I mean, if that entices you into your future career, then absolutely go for it. I mean, or if you just fancy a free coffee and a chat, then I'm sure that's. We're turning up for that too. Um, uh, I, I just want to add, I think this is really interesting because it's the second time one of the larger employers in the city has tried to target people as they travel into and out of Sheffield. So it was, a, I think in the summer, Plusnet did a big recruitment drive at the station. And now we've got Sky Betting and Gaming doing it. So the larger companies in the city are starting to realize that they've got to attract talent from outside. What I'd like to know is how do we get a whole bunch of people involved in some kind of communication program that says to the rest of the country, come to Sheffield, there are really good tech jobs in Sheffield. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I remember, you know, not ooh, a couple of years ago now, maybe three years ago, Digital Birmingham took over a few tube stations in London, yeah. Bank, for example, big digital billboards all over there saying, come and get a tech career in Birmingham. Um, yeah, we should. It would be great for us to do a similar thing and tie it into some of the other big city offer messages like Outdoor City or Climbing. I still think we should get a double-decker bus, paint it with pictures of the Peak District, go and park it on Silicon Roundabout and stand in the door saying, why are you here when you could be there? (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Just do it. What's stopping us? Uh, Uh, Google's bus. Yeah, hijack Google's bus. Let's paint it overnight. (laughs) Uh, That's that's interesting because I actually... I, I spoke to um, uh, Matt at uh, Skybet because we're going to do a blog post about this, and he he did say that what, what you just said—the idea of attracting people to Sheffield—but they're also one of the reasons they're in the station is they want people who live in live in Sheffield but then travel to Manchester or right. travel to Leeds mm-hmm. yeah. to to know that there That's is like point. decent tech jobs actually in the city. Why why go there? Yeah. Some marketing bill. Why go all the way to Manchester <laughs> for an hour when you can um, you can get uh, work here? Yeah. Why commute on the northern? Line thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe we should, in a kind of transport face-off, get a bus and park it outside the train station. I don't know where. I don't know what kind of metaphor that would produce, but I, I think a transport face-off would just be a great idea, anyway. <laughs> whatever that means. I'm just confused now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, just thinking of the uh, you know the HS2 HS3 transport channel on Slack that don't go explodes. There. Don't go there. At least once a week. <laughs> They'll just pick it. They come and pick it. <laughs> it's brilliant. Well, well done, everyone. Um, 
the uh, business awards. I know I've forgotten what the actual full name of the business awards. Whose business awards were they? Uh, it's the Sheffield Chambers That's Awards, right. I believe. Mm-hmm. Hello, Sheffield Chamber. Hello. Sorry, I forgot you. <laughs> your name. Um, so the Sheffield Chamber Business Awards, uh, the nominees have come out and there's lots of uh, digital uh, people in there and companies in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need a round of applause sound effect in here, Ian. You can go and spend another dollar on that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Do you, want to go, do you want to go through who's been nominated? Yep, go for it. Okay, so uh, Ash from Evoluted is up for Business Person of the Year, as is Richard Mills from Sleep Cogni. Um, the Marcoms Award, um, Evoluted is also up for a, an award under Marcoms. Um, Millgate Computer Systems is nominated in High Growth Business of the Year. Um, Innovation Award, um, Sleep Cogni, who I think would not be nominated before in that category. Um, they do sleep tech. Um, uh, but they've been nominated alongside Isotope, um, who do um, liquid cooling systems for servers, um, and who I went to uh, have a look around their um, research and facility and factory. Um, although I couldn't really look around the factory because it was they were doing some testing in there, and uh, they had a health and safety limitation on who could go in. But I had a really good conversation with Pete up at Isotope last Friday. Brilliant company, really. Um, yeah, really at the forefront of liquid cooled um, systems for data centers, really energy efficient, uh, cheap, and also taking computing at the edge into lots of um, environments where, you know, you can't really, you can't ordinarily get that kind of compute power. Um, so they're really interesting. Uh, they're out to the um, AMP. Um, SME of the year, Hive IT are up for that one as our SEO work. So two local digital agencies up for us, SME of the year. And there's a couple of uh, a couple of companies up in the Enterprise Award. So um, Brightbox Makerspace is up, which is Kish's company. Yeah, Kisha Bradley. Kisha Bradley. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's basically makerspaces for really young kids. Um, and there's a company called Ying for Young that I'd never never heard of, but they're they're a design agency for um, young people and kids with um, sen- sensory impairments. So. Um, visually impaired, you know, deaf, partially, uh, you know, partial sight. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what they do specifically, but they've basically set up a design company. And I think some of it is digital design as well, um, around those needs. Um, so good luck to everyone. Um, there's, there's a lot of nominations in the awards and locally they're quite prestigious. So, uh, round of, round of applause, sound effect for everyone. No problem. You, you will already have heard a lot of that by now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. On to our usual upcoming event slot. Shall we get through these? Um, there's lots of stuff coming up. Starting with? Uh, the Managing Directors Club on the 30th of, 30th of October, The Power of Play featuring the legendary Ian Livingston. Uh, Bin Sheffield, which we've talked about before, from the 30th of October to the 1st of November. Harassis China meeting, we've talked about before, on the 5th of November. Product Tank Sheffield on the 7th of November. Um, check out the calendar entry on Sheffield Digital because it links to more information about that. Made Festival on the 9th of November, that's the entrepreneurialism thing. Algomech, 8th to 12th of November which um, I really want to go to and I'm not here. Ah, uh, But it is awesome and amazing if you're into um, algo Rave. rhythm 
rave music, live coding music, lights, well, all that kind of thing. And, and if you've enjoyed the uh, Sheffield Digital theme tune, of course. <laughs> yes. Pretty and then, um, as we've already mentioned, the um, first digital conference for Sheffield on the afternoon of the 5th of November. Yeah. Just to clarify, Algomech is about mechanical movement and algorithms. It's not just music. Wow. Thank you, Chris. Yes. Um, and also, there's a couple of other things. Um, so we're having the next uh, Meta Meetup on the 23rd. So that's Meetup for Meetup Organisers. Um, and I'm also trying to organise the next Smart Sheffield event um, for the 6th of November, I think. Whatever the Monday is, I think it's the 6th. When's the next leg up, Mark? Have we got one in the, in the diary? Uh... Yeah, it's in November. It's on the website, I think. Um, I've had quite a few applications, I think, so far, which is pretty good. Um, your good friend Saul Cousins, I think, has Great. recently applied. It's pretty cool. Nice one. Um, he needs some help. Yeah, pardon? Does he need some help? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think he's a mentor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, okay. Oh, let's check that out. Yeah. It's on Wednesday the 22nd of November. Right. There you go. Wednesday the yeah. 22nd of November. There's a lot of stuff yeah. going on in November. It's awesome. Very busy. Also, my birthday. So, Yay! Let you know. Yeah. My wedding anniversary. So you're not mentoring then? <laughs> it depends when it is. We always like to give a big uh, shout out to new members. We have uh, three new uh, individual members Anthony Turner, Robert Pryor, and Ben Longdon, um, who have very kindly uh, signed up to become members of Sheffield Digital. And, um, and or, as always, a plug for our sponsors too. Thank you to them. Our new ones, Sheffield College, but also Shorts and North Coders. Um, fantastic. Thanks for helping keep the lights on. Um, you can subscribe to the Sheffield Digital Podcast in iTunes or whichever app that you particularly like to use. We recommend Overcast and Pocket Casts, but many other apps are available too. Um, if you want to find out more about the podcast in general, then you can go to sheffield.digital slash podcast. And if you want to uh, check out the show notes for this episode, then you'll be able to go to um, our website and find them there too. And, um, and I think that's it. Apart from to say, tell people about this. I don't think we've done any actual, actual marketing on the podcast. No. So let's do Why that. would we do that? <laughs> so we, we've had a good response to the show. I think we're yeah. quite, we're quite happy with uh, listenership. The same amount of people, uh, or more are listening each time. So we're not losing people. That's a good thing. But the key really is to spread the word. So if you're in a, an agency or, or, um, or, or a digital company or, or wherever you are in Sheffield and you, think the show is uh, interesting and it's got useful stuff and you like listening then give your colleague a nudge and let them know mm-hmm. and um and spread the word yeah and and if there's things if you've got ideas for how we can improve it then let us know um we really want to um get better and do more things and and uh, finding out what you think and and um, what you'd like to see would be great so more feedback please Indeed, and you can do that just finally by emailing us, obviously, info at sheffield.digital, or if you're part of the Slack community, we have a podcast channel, um, so you can go and find uh, find me in there mm-hmm. and uh, tell me what you think. Or tweet us, works too. Yeah, there are so many channels, <laughs> channels, so channels, yeah. channels. It's digital, isn't it? Yes. <laughs>